The Albert Ostman Bigfoot abduction story stands as one of the most intriguing and controversial tales in the realm of cryptozoology. In 1924, Ostman, an experienced prospector and outdoorsman, claimed to have experienced an astonishing encounter with a family of Sasquatch deep within the British Columbia wilderness. You guys like Sasquatch boobs? We're in for a treat. You are now entering the realm of the Freaky Deaky. An unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. <clears throat> Alleged true stories. Christian, just... <sighs> okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality about time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. What's up, folks? I'm going to do my thing. No. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky, ladies and gentlemen, and lizard folks of the world. Reptilians. We are glad that you're joining us today for yet another dive into the infamous Sasquatch. Infamous. You guys know the one. Only heard on this podcast. We have a riveting tale for you this afternoon. We're recording this at 9.37 p.m., so your boy is a little sleepy, and Christian's wide awake, because that's the way that works. Yeah, I get my second wind at about 5 or 6. Yeah, and I get my second wind at about 5 or 6 a.m., and then... 5 or 6 years from now, I thought you were going to say. Well, probably that as well, but that's not what you're here to, to listen to. That's fine. I don't want people to feel bad for me that I don't get any sleeps, and that's cool. I don't feel bad. And everything's great. What you can do, if you're new to this show, welcome to your new favorite spooky ghost podcast, and... Bigfoot podcast and other things and other things we talk about stuff if you could do us a favor listen to the episode if you enjoy the show rate it five stars wherever you're listening it really does help us grow the show out you guys have been doing just superb with the ratings and reviews lately and we love hearing it merci beaucoup wow you would find us on social media at freaky deaky pod on instagram facebook youtube threads at tft paranormal on tiktok and be sure to subscribe on youtube we have a new show called sleep with the lights on that we're going to be dropping sometime in october more details coming soon working very hard at producing this and making it look nice for you guys and having a good time and we've wanted to do youtube shows for a while now and we're just trying to work it in the schedule hasn't really opened up we're just trying to make time where we can and yeah. we have fun with these projects here's, a, here's a little thing for our sleep with the lights on hmm. Go on Amazon tonight, get yourself a couple night lights. Wow. You might need them. You might need them, guys. So that pretty much wraps it up. If you have a story of your own that you'd like to share with us, have you seen Bigfoot? Do you know anyone that has seen Bigfoot? I've seen, seen Big Feet, but not Bigfoot. Wow. Okay. Ah. Send it into the gang at thefreakydeaky.com or leave us a voicemail at 801-997-0051. You can record up to three minutes and we get it directly on our phones and we can listen to it and we can share it with other listeners of the show. And I believe that's all I have. That's it. Right back to Christian with the news and all that and more at I, 11. I have a question though. Okay. 
on Spotify. Yes. To, to leave a, a rating, do you have to be like a premium member? No. You just have to listen to the show. Okay. You have to, I think, I believe you have to listen to the, uh, the show for 30 seconds or more, and then you have the option of giving it a rating. You can't leave a review. It's just a, f a one to five star rating. And we know, we trust in our, our heart of hearts that you're going to tap that five. You're going to give us five. And we're going to give you five if we ever see you in reality. That's how it works. Five dollars and, and a high five. I hope you see Christian more than me because I don't have a lot of fives to hand out. And that's fine. But we should probably get into the episode now. Christian, you take it away. All right, Scott, let's go way back. Whoa. Yeah. And we're back. That must be the Wayback Machine. We're way back. Is that copyrighted, the Wayback Machine? Probably. Yeah. 1924 is the year, and the main character in this encounter is a Canadian named Albert Ostman. Noted. Albert was a lumberjack back in those days. Hot. And he was an experienced woodsman. I didn't know you had a thing for lumberjacks. Hmm. Brawny? Yeah, it is. It started with Brawny. Yeah. Me too. The way he found water seems almost magical to me. He walked around until he saw it. He's like, hey, look, a pond. Being a hard-working, rugged Canadian, he decided he needed a vacation. Been there. So he went off the grid when it was still a thing. And off the grid wasn't that hard back then. You, I mean, that's basically in the... Yeah, you leave your house and you're like, I'm going to walk 400 paces in any direction. Yeah, unless you're in like New York or Los Angeles, yeah. everything else off the You'll grid. You'll never see me again. He traveled to British Columbia near Toba Inlet. It was what he called a vacation, but he was also prospecting. Nice. Heard of a lost gold mine in the area. Always. There's always a lost gold something. Yep. Gold, it's... And nobody finds it. Root of all evil. Okay. I always found it fascinating. Quick side note. Hmm. That when you hear the stories about what the... Whatever planet, Planet X. Yeah. And they were mining the Earth for gold. Like, so gold is a thing on other planets too? Hell yeah. I guess so. So, this place anyway, back to the story, was so remote that he hired what he called... And this is what he called it. Wow. This is going to be racist. A, not us. Christian's being racist. Hold on. I, there's even quotes around this phrase. Indian guide, quote unquote. Indian guy? Guide. Guide. Like Sacagawea. We will call him a First Nations guide. There just you go. because I think that's the coolest name for an indigenous people. I don't think I could have said Sacagawea any whiter than I did. Probably. I apologize. Yeah. I that mean, was incredibly racist. That's your mother tongue. I'm, white, I'm white. the worst. I am the worst. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the guide took him by boat to Toba Inlet, and on the way, they talked a bit. The guide talked about gold brought out by a white man from his lost mine. Hell yeah. The man was a heavy drinker, spent his money at the saloon. Then he would go away for a few days and come back with a bag of gold. Mm. One day, he went off to his mine and never returned. Ooh. And his guide said, some people said a swash to squash. That sounds incredibly bad. Yeah. Some people said a Sasquatch had killed him. And Osman at this time had never heard of a Sasquatch before. It's 1924, before it was a thing. Yeah. Patty wasn't quite swinging low, sweet chariots yeah. just yet. It was before we had podcasts talking mm. about. That's right. That's right. So I asked him what kind of an animal he, he called a Sasquatch. The Indian said they have hair all over their bodies. But they are not animals. They are people. Big people living in the mountains. My uncle saw the tracks of one that were two feet long. One old Indian saw one over eight feet tall. Mm. And before I go further, I should say a lot of the source from this is Sasquatch, The Apes Among Us by John Green. Can you say that louder so people can actually hear it? Sasquatch. I didn't say deeper. Sasquatch, The Apes Among Us by John Green. So John Green's the racist, if you're wondering. 
John Green took the story, I think, from mm. Albert Osman's writing. Canceled. Cancel oh. Albert Osman I now. Mean, yeah, but that's, you know, quote, that's what they say. As they say, that's how they talked back that then. Is. And if you get canceled for this, we hope it was a really good episode and, and worth it. We're, gonna, we're rooting for you, Christian, all of us, hey, really. Wait, I put quotes around it. Yeah. So anyway, I told the Indian. Wow. Again. Can you just start saying native? You're actually making me uncomfortable. I told I the native. No. <laughs> I'm told, very uncomfortable. I told the indigenous person. There it is. I didn't believe in their old fables and about mountain giants. I don't have none of it. Thank you. It might have been some thousands of years ago, but not nowadays. Hmm. Indigenous guide said, there may not be many, but they still exist. They still exist. The indigenous guide was correct. Yes. So that was part one. Cool. Now we're in part two. Part two. So Albert Osman gets dropped off and tells his guide to come back in three weeks. So I, I kind of skip over all this outdoorsman way of setting up things, but. So I grabbed my trusty axe and I headed down. Yeah. yeah. We, I can... this, this guy was pretty impressive on how he set everything up. He knew exactly. He was old school, knew what he was doing. Ropes, axes, and wood, correct? Yeah. Stones. Mm, good yeah. stuff. So he, he's the type that makes today's preppers. Look like big boy scouts. Today's preppers are boy scouts. Or was it their scout leaders? Hmm. I don't know. Take it the way you want to. Okay. After a few nights of hiking up and down the mountains, he saw what he was looking for. The chupacabra. That feels like you just added that. Yes. Okay. Just clarifying for our listeners, Christian, we're trying to make a true show here. Yep. (laughs) I found an exceptionally good campsite, he says. It was two good-sized cypress trees growing close together and near a rock wall with a nice spring just below these trees. Hammock. I guess so. Hmm. Yeah, that makes... Oh, no, I don't know, man. But there were two trees there, so that makes sense. Shouldn't have cut out those details, huh? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he did not say hammock. Maybe he just said it to like we would understand because that's what they did back then. Okay. So anyway, he tended to make it this his permanent camp. So he cut lots of brush um, for, for a bed. Bugs. I cut lots of brush for my bed between the trees. I rigged up a pole from this rock wall to hang my pack sack on. Gross. And I arranged some flat rocks for my fireplace for cooking. I had a really classy setup, and this is when things began to happen. The one thing about Albert Osman was he was a heavy sleeper. That is one thing about him. Which probably seems... Not like the best trait to have when you're out in the middle of nowhere with bears. Definitely not on the top 10 list. No. He went to sleep and the next morning when he woke, a few things in his camp were disturbed. Nothing major. So he roasted a grouse on a stick. That's what you do. Sure. That night he loaded his rifle and prepared for what he thought was a porcupine. He said, porkies like leather. So I put my shoes in the bottom of my sleeping bag. That's an Easter egg. Wow. The next morning, his pack sack had been emptied out. Gross. A half pound of prunes was missing along with his pancake flour. While this type of thing was happening, Albert decided to stay close to camp. Maybe the Sasquatch was just having some digestive issues. According to him, this is a porky. I don't think so. We'll see. If this episode turns out being about a porcupine, our listeners are going to be very disappointed. Well, you'll just have to wait to, to hear the story. Hmm. Is it a porcupine or a Sasquatch? You be the judge. He says, I was hoping it would be a porky so I could get good porky stew. Wow. He didn't get his stew. After three nights of visits, Albert again passed the hell out. Makes me wonder if he forgot <laughs> forgot to mention that he had a bunch of alcohol with him too, though. Yeah. Or maybe it was snuff. Okay. Another Easter egg. He got prepared for battle with a porcupine. Okay. This night it was cloudy and it looked like it might rain. How much, can I ask, how much battle do you have to prepare for with a porcupine when you have a rifle? Are you adding this? I added that part. Okay. I was sitting there, I was like, please tell me he was not genuinely like gearing up. That would be today's men. 
Okay. Not necessarily then we, we would talk about it because, mm. you know, we don't get to go on our big hunts and wow. You know, yeah, you know what, you know what they, yeah. you know what they say about us, man. You know what they say. You guys have heard it all before. Yeah. So he took special notice of how everything was arranged arranged and he closed his pack sack he did not undress i only took off my shoes put them in the bottom of my sleeping bag i drove my prospecting pick into one of the cypress trees so i could reach it from my bed i also put the rifle alongside of me inside my sleeping bag i fully intended to stay awake all night to find out who my visitor was three minutes later i passed (laughs) pretty much yeah that's how it always goes but he says he must have fallen asleep of course oops yeah he woke when something picked him up in his sleeping bag Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> he at first thought it was a snow slide, but there was no snow at his camp. Weird first thought then. I guess, I yeah. mean, but if you're out laying on the snow because you're doing your, what what was that? But there's no snow at his camp. The Dyatlov Pass. Mm. Maybe that's what they're talking about, that kind of slide. Yeah. But he felt like he'd been tossed onto the back of a horse, but he could feel whoever it was walking with him, and he was over the shoulder. He's like that damn porcupine. Yeah. It's roided. He's. I tried to get my sheath knife and cut my way out. But I was in an almost sitting position, and my m- knife was and my knife was under me. I could not get a hold of it, but the rifle was in front of me. I had a good hold of that, and I had no intention to let it go. At times, I could feel my pack sack touching me, and, I, and could feel the cans in the sack touching my back. Wow! Feel the cans. Yeah, he said it seemed like they had been traveling for an hour. He could feel they were going up a steep hill. Steep, steep hill. Wow. Sometimes it's funny, the words. You gotta get up this steep hill. Yeah. Sometimes I get into character too much, maybe. That's true. He could hear his abductor breathing hard and sometimes a slight cough. That's when he knew the brown man was right about the mountain goats. That brown man was right, damn it. So he yelled, Sasquatch. No, he didn't. He just... Yeah. I was like, Christian, I know when you add things in. Yeah. Very. uh, It's very easy to tell. Albert was all bundled up in an uncomfortable way. He felt his legs going to sleep. And there hadn't been, if there hadn't been a small hole left in the top of the bag, he might have suffocated. Hmm. And it was hot in that bag. When they went downhill, Osman would bounce off the slope or sometimes be dragged. So he knew they were, they were, they were headed down. The entire time he was trying to figure out how long and how far they traveled. I'm going to let his words tell the story a bit. It's probably a good idea. Finally, he stopped and let me down. Then he dropped my pack sack. I could hear the cans rattle. Then I heard chatter, some kind of talk I did not understand. The ground was sloping, so when he let go of my sleeping bag, I rolled downhill. I got my head out and got some air. I tried to straighten my legs and crawl out, but my legs were numb. It was still dark. I could not see what my captors looked like. I tried to massage my legs, get some life into them, and get my shoes on. I could hear now it was at least four of them. They were standing around me and continuously chattering. I'd never heard of Sasquatch before the Indian told me about them. Racist. But I knew I was right among them. But how to get away from them? You tell me, Christian. How do we get away from them? That was another question. I got to see the outline of them now as it began to get lighter, though the sky was cloudy and it looked like rain. In fact, there was a slight sprinkle. I now had circulation in my legs, but my left foot was very sore on the top where it had been resting on my hobnail boots. So I guess those were some Serious boots or type of boot. I don't I mean, know what a hobnail is. <clears throat> the, the title alone makes them sound pretty hardcore, yeah. Yeah. I got my boots out from the sleeping bag and tried to stand up. I found that I was wobbly on my feet, but I had a good hold of my rifle. I asked, what you fellows want with me? Only some more chatter. Yeah. I mean, it, chatter, probably not in English, I'd imagine. No, I guess that's They're why. like, oh man, it's raining again. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It was getting lighter now and I could see them quite clearly. I could make out 
forms of four people, two big and two little ones. They were all covered with hair and no clothes at all. I saw their dangly bits. He did. Osman would say this was a family. It consisted of an older male and an older female. The two young ones, a boy and a girl. And he had to make sure he rolled them over. Wait, what? (laughs) He had to make sure he rolled them over? To make sure with boy and girl, he rolled them over. Oh, so he could see the genitals? (laughs) Let me see those genitals. I thought you could could tell when I just threw something in there. Well, I felt that was thrown in there, but I didn't fully understand it. Okay, now you do. The boy and the girl were afraid of him, and the female seemed to be a little displeased with her man's captured furless monkey. Maybe she said something like, I told you to close the bag all the way, and now the kids think you brought them a pet. Wow. I mean, that's the only thing. Like, he's like, I'm lucky the bag was open. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he plops down in front of this family of Sasquatch. He's like, oops, I'm going to go back in my sleeping bag now. That feels like a good move. The funny part was Osman saying the male was waving his arms around while telling her all that he had in mind, which sounds very human. Like when the man man does something that she didn't like and he has to explain his... Damn it, Bertha, you just don't get it. (laughs) It's all part of the plan, lady. And this was the beginning of his six-month stay with this group. I won't call them the Hendersons. Wow. He planned an escape throughout his waking minutes, but he was treated well and wanted to avoid violence but he would kill if that's what it took to escape okay but do you think you're taking on four sasquatch he had a rifle okay but do you think you're taking on four sasquatch with a rifle yeah uh, osman like maybe you gotta if, think it through maybe he's thinking if maybe you have to take out the dad and then the mom's gonna cry no that could could happen they slept outside next to an area that partially that was partially protected by a tall rock wall it was to the west and this was is where Albert stored his belonging. I mentioned something about water earlier, so I'll have him explain how he found water because this fascinated me. He dug the earth. I decided there must be some water around here. The ground was leaning towards the, the opening in the wall. There must be water at the upper end of this valley. There is green grass and moss along the bottom. I don't know how he figured that. I mean, that's impressive. Outdoorsman. Yeah, yeah. that's really us. We'd be like, do you have any Dasani, perchance? Yeah. Just kidding. Nobody drinks uh, Dasani. Oh, uh, I do. Oh, much just better. kidding. Yeah, that... Much better narrowhead. Wow. When Albert found the spot that his captors were sleeping, he noticed they had made blankets of woven narrow strips of cedar bark hmm. packed with dry moss. They looked very practical and warm with no need of washing. On that first day, he said, not much happened. I had to eat my food cold. The young fellow was coming nearer me and seemed curious about me. My one stuff box was empty, so I, I rel- relied it toward him. I guess threw it toward, or you know what, whatever, man. Yeah. I'm sure we figured that out by the Is sentence. Is it rallied, maybe? I don't know. Does that sound I, better? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand these old words. When he, saw, when he saw it coming, he sprang up quick as a cat and grabbed it. He went over to his sister and showed it to her. They found out how to open and close it, and they spent a long time playing with it. Then he trotted over to the old man and showed it to him, and they had a long chatter. The next morning, he decided he was making a run for it, even if he had to use his gun. He packed up his stuff, loaded his gun, and started to leave. The old man got up and seemed ready to push him back, pointing to the opening to let the creature know he wanted to leave. But it put its arms out and said something like, Sosa, Sosa, Soa. Krakatoa. Yeah, something. He Actually, spell check got me on this one. Wow. But that's what it sounded like. The thought crossed Albert's mind that he could shoot his way out but he only had six shells left, and he thought the big guy might not go down when hit when hit by his thirty thirty. 
He felt there was a better way to leave than killing him. So he went back to the place he had set up his little camp and he began to think about being friendly to the kids so they might help him. Hmm. Such a human thing to do. Compassion. No. Love. Let's manipulate the children so I can get away from Okay, Sasquatch. I was taking it a different direction, yeah. but that's fine, I guess, you know. Probably because even the kids of Sasquatch are bleeding hearts. I don't know. Wow. I don't like that line. And yet we have I mean, to endure it ourselves. Kids anyway. are kids, even if they're Sasquatch. Wow. Wholesome. He remembered a story of someone using snuff to blind an angry bull, but that would require getting close to the big guy. He came up with the idea to let the boy have a bit so that he would show it to his father and maybe he would take a taste. If he did, he might be able to entice him to eat enough snuff, snuff to get him extremely sick. So he says, the following day, I did not see the old lady till around 4 p.m. She came home with her arms full of grass and twigs and of all kinds of spruce and hemlock, as well as some kind of nuts that grow on the ground. Nice. I've seen lots of them on Vancouver Island. The young fellow went up the mountain to the east every day. He, would, he could climb better than a mountain goat. He picked some kind of graft with long, sweet roots. He, he gave me some one day. And they tasted very sweet. I gave him another snuff box with, a, with about a teaspoon of snuff in it. He tasted it, then went to the old man. The old man licked it with his tongue. Then they had another long chat. So it's very, at least father and stop, son talk Stop a lot. taking things from this crazy man that we've discovered. Yeah. He he's, gives you weird gifts and I don't like it. He gives you weird gifts and he's dinner. It's yeah. not right. It's not proper. So Albert made a dipper out of his milk can. Nice. Well done. He threw it to the young fellow who picked it up and went to his father, showing it to him and having another long chat. The boy came back and started making gestures that Albert came to understand was him asking for a dipper for his sister. Mm, wholesome. He was standing only eight feet away from me when I had made the dipper. I dipped it in water and drank from it. He was very pleased. Almost smiled at me. Then I took a chew of snuff, smacked my lips and said, that's good. <laughs> yum yum isn't yeah. this great the young fellow pointed to the old man said something that sounded like ook i got the idea that the old man likes snuff and the young fella wanted a box for the old man i shook my head i motioned with my hands for the old man to come to me i do not think the young fella understood what i meant he went to his sister and gave her the dipper i'd made for her. they did not come near me again that day and he'd now been there this is now six days later but i was sure i was making progress if only i could get the old man to come over to me Get him to eat a full box of snuff. That would kill him for sure. And that way, kill himself. I wouldn't be guilty of murder. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't feel bad at all. Hey, he did it to himself. Yeah, that's some mental gymnastics. Hmm. Albert would give some descriptions of the girl and the old lady that, while not always crude, would probably throw up some, some flags if we put, a, put them here. But there was a strange part of this, of this story that in modern times is troubling. Maybe it wasn't the same then, but it comes across... As a different sort of troubling, I think. This is Albert talking again. I'm sure if I could get the old man out of the way, I could easily have brought the, this girl out with me to civilization. But what good, what good would that have done, been? I would have, I would have to keep her in a cage for public display. I don't think we have any right to force our way of life on other people, and I don't think they would like it. Attaboy, Albert. Yeah, the noise and racket in a modern city, they would not like any more than I do, he said. He's like, me and the Sasquatch, we're pretty similar. Yeah. None of them big town folks in Vancouver. That was a little hippie-ish. <laughs> Some descriptions he gave about the, the family. The young fellow might have been between 11 and 18 years old and about seven feet tall and might, might have weighed about 300 pounds. His chest would have been 50 to 55 inches. His waist 36 to 38 inches. He had wide jaws, narrow forehead that slanted upward around the back. 
about four or five inches higher than the forehead. The hair on their heads was about six inches long. The hair on the rest of their body was short and thick in places. The woman's hair on the forehead had an upward turn like some women have. They call them bangs. Wow. <laughs> Bigfoot bangs. Among women's hairdos. Nowadays, the old lady could have been anything between 40 and 70 years old. Wow. She was over seven feet tall, and she would be about 500 to 600 pounds. She had very wide hips, he said. Oh. And a goose-like walk. And junk in the truck. No, I'm walk. sorry. Wow. Yeah. She was not built for beauty or speed. Well, that's a little rude, Albert. Some of those lovable braziers and uplifts would have been great improvement on her looks and her figure. Wow. The man's eye teeth were longer than the rest of, of the teeth, but not long enough to be called tusks. So I guess those are like the canines. Hmm. The old man must have been somewhere near eight feet tall, big barrel chest, and a big hump on his back and powerful shoulders. His biceps on the, his upper arm were enormous and tapered down to his elbows. His forearms were longer than common people have, but well proportioned. His hands were wide, the palm was long and broad and hollow like a scoop. His fingers were short in proportion to the rest of his hands. His fingernails were like chisels, the only place... They had no hair was inside their hands and on the soles of their feet and the upper part of the nose and eyelids. I never did see their ears. They were covered with hair hanging all over them. Mm -hmm. if, he said, if the old man were to wear a collar, it would have been at least 30 inches. I have no, no idea what shoe size they would need. I was watching the young fellow's, fellow's foot one day when he was sitting down. The soles of his feet seemed to be padded like a dog's foot and the big toe was longer than the rest and very strong. In mountain climbing, all he needed was footing for his big toe. They were very agile. To sit down, they turned their knees out and came straight down. To rise, they came straight up without the help of their hands or arms. I don't think this valley was their permanent home. I think they moved from place to place as food is available in different localities. They might eat meat, but I never saw them eat meat or do any cooking. Mm -hmm. The boy and the old woman had given Albert some type of grass and roots to eat, and he said they were everything was, was sweet that they gave him. Nice. Now we're to the escape. Aww. After six days, Albert began to, to do the pondering of the snuff and all that fun stuff. The and pondering of the snuff. Yeah, like give him the snuff. And he was wondering, what do they want with me? They must understand I cannot stay here indefinitely. I will soon have to make a break for freedom, he said. Not that I was mistreated in any way. One consolation was that the old man was coming closer each day and was very inter interested in my snuff watching me when I take a pinch of it. He seems to think it's useless to only put it inside my lips. One morning after I had breakfast, both the old man and the boy came and sat down only 10 feet from me. This morning I made coffee. I had saved up all the dry branches I found, and I had some dry moss, and I used all the labels from the cans to start a fire. I got my coffee pot boiling, and it was strong coffee too. And the aroma from the boiling pot was what brought them over. Folgers. Yeah. It's the best part of waking up. Even for Squatch. <laughs> I was sitting eating my heart, eating hardtack with plenty of butter on and sipping coffee. It sure tasted good. I was smacking my lips, pretending it was better than it really was. Uh, mm -mm -mm. Not quite sure what hardtack. This is the best. Yeah. I set the can down. It was about half full. I intended to warm it up later. I pulled out a full box of snuff, took a big chew. Before I had time to close the, close the box, the old man reached for it. I was afraid he would waste it. And, and I only had two more boxes. So I held on to the box, intending him to take a pinch 
like I had just done. Instead, he grabbed the box and emptied it into his mouth and swallowed it in one gulp. Then he licked the, the box inside with his tongue. Then he threw the box in my face and said, nerd. No. He should have. That would be. Of course, yeah. this, this was a recipe for, of dis, for disaster for the old Sasquatch. He was soon doubled over. His eyes rolled up. He put his head between his legs and rolled over a few times. <laughs> We've all had those times after too much drinking. Yeah. Then he be began to squeal again. We've all had those times. He yeah. grabbed what was left of the coffee and pounded it, grounds and all. Wow. <laughs> so that would be so. What a sight. Yeah. Albert decided it was time to go. He was willing to kill to escape, but the old man hurried off to the creek for water. Albert grabbed his belongings along with his rifle. The boy ran to his mother and she began to squeal. He made his way out of the encampment and she hurried after, but he turned around and fired above her into the rocks. She was startled and ran back into the cave like opening. As Albert left, he kept looking over his shoulder to see if it was if he was being pursued. He made good time and was able to climb a hill so he could be sure they were not following. When I got near the bottom, I shot a big blue grouse. She was sitting on a windfall looking right at me only a hundred feet away. I shot her neck right off. Wow. Yeah, impressive. I made it down the creek at the bottom of the canyon. I felt I was safe now. I made a fire between two big boulders, roasted the grouse. Next morning when I woke up, I was feeling terrible. My feet were sore from dirty socks. My legs were sore. My stomach was upset from the grouse that I ate the night before. Should have cooked it. Yeah. Should have cooked it better. I was not too sure I was going to make it up that mountain. I finally made it to the top, but it took me six hours to get there. It was, it was cloudy. Visibility was only about a mile. I knew I had to go downhill. After about two hours, I got down to the heavy timber and sat down the rest. I could hear a motor running hard at times, then stop. I listened to this for a while and decided the sound was from a gas donkey. Excuse me? Someone was logging in the neighborhood. So I guess the logger. That sounds like a, like, you know, like a term that you'd call someone that yeah. was like negative. That's what it sounded like to me, but maybe it wasn't bad. gas donkey. <laughs> so I'm going to start calling truck drivers. I told them I was a prospector and was lost. I did not tell them I had been kidnapped by a Sasquatch as if I had told them they were probably, they would have probably, and if I had told them, they would think I was crazy. Too. Yeah, they'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, you enjoy your wilderness. We're going to get back to our gas donkeying. The following day, I went down from this camp on Salmon Arm, Salmon Arm. That's okay. It, from, I went down from this camp on Salmon Arm Branch off Sickhelt Inlet. Nailed it. Perfect. From there, I got the Union boat back to Vancouver. That was my last prospecting trip and my only experience with what is known as Sasquatches. I know that in 1924, there were four Sasquatches living. It might only be two now. The old man and the, the old lady might be dead by this time. R.I.P. Peace out, Harry. Do you like the older stories more than like more of the recent ones or do you have a preference? I feel like we get a lot more detail out of the older ones. Yeah. Like, and, and it, again, I mean, who's to say, cause it is before technology, you know, maybe these encounters were a little more likely. Maybe they yeah. happened and, you know, I mean, you might be the only one out for miles. Mm -hmm. And when you've got together with other people in your area, you didn't talk about Sasquatches unless your sheep were disappearing. Yeah. Yeah. Where it really is. It's not something you're just like talking about at the local pub or something like that. You know, you actually, yeah. it's like a warning to people like, Hey, watch out out here. There's some weird shit. And, and who knows back then talking about that stuff might've been more taboo than now. Like, Could you know, be. you don't like, don't whistle in the woods. Don't, don't yeah. mention the skinwalker type of thing. You don't talk about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, I mean, but you also have to wonder 
Like this man was a prospector, right? Mm-hmm. This man uh, was an outdoorsman. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what are the odds? Like he wasn't a storyteller, right? He wasn't an author of any kind. No. He wasn't. So like, what are the odds that he would live his life the, the way he did? And then he'd hear about something that he's never heard before and then encounter it. But he's going into that area. Yeah. And that's what. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like, what are the, why would he just make up a story like this? Yeah. What's in it for him? And he didn't tell this story till later on in his life. That's usually the way it goes. Yeah. There's like a weird, like almost like shame about it. Like nobody's going to believe this. Yeah. It's very detailed though. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I like these older stories because it doesn't have all the noise that new stories have. Yeah. Like all the, everybody knows about Sasquatch now. Sure. And plenty of people have seen plenty of fake videos on TikTok. There is no shortage of fake videos, yes. Yeah, but so there's also a couple very, very convincing ones. Somewhat convincing ones. I haven't have come you, across you, very have you seen the 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 one that threw the log or whatever? I think I have. It was like a logging like a logging camp or something like that. And, and there's like, this big gorilla looking thing that like chucks half a oh, tree. I, I didn't see a gorilla looking thing, but I did see a big tree. Yeah. At some point. I don't know, man. There's some stuff like there's a lot of obviously fake that people are just out there and that they have even claimed it for themselves. Being like, no, we made this up. It was a suit that we bought off Amazon or blah, blah, blah. Like just for the little like notoriety of it. But there's people that like kind of like this that don't want to tell their story because it's a little it's a little much. You well, know? And also when you're a lumberjack and a mm -hmm. part time prospector and doing all the other stuff this guy obviously did. Did he really have time to be telling? Yeah. I mean, make up friends like, or make up stories around like a fire with friends or whatever. Sure. But not this detailed. Yeah. And especially not after you've been missing for six months or some shit. Six you know? weeks. Six days he was missing. No, he was he was held by them for six weeks. Six, six weeks. Six days. Six days. But he was going to be in this area for three weeks. Gotcha. Okay. So, All right. And he, so he told his guide to come back in three weeks, which is badass. Oh, yeah, already. that's right. That's yeah. right. Three weeks. Gotcha. Like now, even a, an airplane dropped me off. I'm like, come back in two days. I know. Can you just, just check little, on me? Leave a baby monitor out here so yeah. you can watch, keep an eye on me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know, man. That's a pretty wild story. And you didn't even add in any of the bits about the genitalia. <laughs> that was, that's actually how I heard about this story in the first place was that people were like, there was, I forget what thread it was somewhere, but someone was like, we got all these Bigfoot sightings. How comes no one's ever seen his junk? And I was like, I can't believe this is a post, but also a great question. And people were like mentioning a few stories where, you know, junk was clearly yeah. visible. And Albert Osman is one of these, one of those stories. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of that. And I looked, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. What? And when he described it, it wasn't graphic. It wasn't anything sexual or anything. Yeah. It was just like an observation. Like, yeah. He literally was just like, I saw his peepee. -pee. Yeah. Any and outdoorsman would try to determine something whether it's male or female because that might determine how you handle that situation yeah. out in the middle of nowhere do i try to be sexy for it yeah or do i attack it you just came across a moose it's very important if it if there's little moose around to know whether that's the mother or just some moose looking for the mother yeah or someone that kidnapped a moose and is a bad criminal moose yeah. that has to be taken by the authorities also an option not mm. nearly as common but yeah. it's an option moose napping is a thing here in alaska moose napping yeah i had one I, I, there was a moose snapping right outside my house one day. Wow. It was pretty scary. He was sleeping, Christian, but yeah. Oh, yeah. In my mind, though, I imagined him waking up and being angry with me. You certainly would. That's all right. I played out a weird scene between two slugs out on my porch the other day. Yeah, I, I get that. Slugs are different. If the devil has insects, that's one of them. I don't even know There's if that's a slug an insect. An insect? I don't, I don't think it is. so. 
weird. Didn't think we we're going to broach that topic on the Bigfoot story, but that tends to happen. You know what that reminds me of? Lumberjacks would be a good episode. There's a, there, we've already talked about a couple very strange lumberjack stories. Now that you've said this on, on, on air, we have to put it together quick. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. All right. So next week, lumber. No, no, no. Like, I mean, wasn't Travis Walton technically a lumberjack, too? Yes. He, yeah. was, he was logger. Yeah. And he vanished for what, five days? Yes. Something like that? It's been, yeah. You got to imagine there's some, even if, like, I mean, you're they don't, deep in the woods. Yeah. They don't always have to be outward, outright supernatural to feel supernatural. I mean, there's some weird sounds out there in the middle of nowhere. Hell yeah. And you have to live with it if you're an outdoorsman. Mm hmm. Or a lumberjack. Which explains why you and I are not outdoorsmen. I mean, that and the whole... Bugs. A lot of bugs. Bugs, yeah. Yeah, that's the worst. Like, you Having know Having back problems when you wake up sleeping. There's a lot of great reasons to not be an outdoorsman. Yeah, let's put it this way. We went to the fair today, and there were so many bees, and... So many bees. We all, all of us, except for <sighs> Atlas, were totally, like, stressed trying to keep the bees off of us. There were so many bees. There was... And none worse than that soda place. Yeah. I was like almost livid. The amount of bees I saw flying in and out of those beverages as they were making it. I'm like, I can't believe I'm about to drink. They weren't in the beverages. Bees. They were just in the cups they'd used to, to mix make, To mix. Yeah. And how do you think dead bees happen, Christian? It's when the bees fall in, they drown. They're like, ooh, sweet, delicious soda. And then they die. Um, and then I drink it. And that's not fun for me. Let me tell you where the dead bees come from. Wow. Insecticides. Okay. I see you brought your soapbox with you, Christian. <laughs> Interesting. You just, I just couldn't leave that alone. Of course. Yeah. But no. Um, and I'm super glad that after talking about the fair, I'm super glad we didn't, we're not filming video today because your boy has been knocking back cannolis like <laughs> crazy. All right. And let me tell you, I don't think that looks great on video afterwards. So uh, what is a cannoli actually? It's a delicious pastry type dish. I th I've had them. I just never. Yeah. It's like a, it's like an Italian dessert pasta. There's pasta involved? No, but it gets kind of shaped like pasta. That's so weird. Totally. But delicious. And I got them because I knew China wouldn't eat them. That's how you got to do it. As a married man, that's how you got to do it. You're like, I'm going to get delicious snacks that I know my wife will not enjoy. So that means they're all for me. Nice. Good, and how did she thinking. repay me? She got sick and she ate my potato salad. And now I have no potato salad because I don't want to touch the thing. You offered the potato salad to her. I was there. Uh, no, she said, can I have some? And and I, I said, was, uh, and for a moment there, I was worried about you, Scott. And then you mm. said, you can have it. And I, said, I was like, for my loving wife, anything. Great. My daughter's, said, my daughter's going to kill mm. my fellow podcaster. I know. No, I said, you know what? For you, you can have my potato salad. And I don't even care that you got germs all over you. Please spread them to my potato salad. I won't think about that at all. Yeah. And I didn't. It's so here we are talking about it. But it's fine. She doesn't listen to the show. The whole time I was reading stories, he was like, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to get sick. I can't get sick. I'm going to get sick. Look, when you're a very highly productive person and you manage a full-time job and a podcast and a business and more stuff on top of that, a child even, you, you got a lot on your plate and you're like, hey, you know what? I can't fall under the weather at all. Here's the thing. Do I need to throw out a serenity prayer for you? Yes, Christian, please pray for your boy. You just, there's no reason to stress about it. It's either going to happen or not. And when it happens, you deal with it. Like everything in life. There's, this is unnecessary stress. Mm, that's actually the title of the memoir I've been working on. But beside all that, Bigfoot, right? This reminds me, and if you guys like the story, go check out our YouTube video, Two Girls from Lighten. 
I thought that was going an entirely different direction until you said from Leiden. And I'm so what, glad. No, it's two girls kidnapped from Leiden. Kidnapped by Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Was the title of it. Nothing about two girls. Do not start punching that into Google. It's a yeah. horrible idea. Yeah. Oh, it's either way. These these two Native American girls, or it might have been Canada, Native Can Canadian First Nations. Hey, you've been canceled already this episode. Yeah. Are you really trying to push it? Yeah. They get kidnapped. And it's similar to the story. But getting back to the story, mm -hmm. I really do wonder, and I mentioned it as a joke in the episode, what was the point of taking this guy? What was, what was the end game? Yeah. Like, what like, was the purpose Were they going to kill him? Was it a pet thing? Was like the dead Bigfoot in hot water? Maybe he was eyeballing the badonkadonk of some other female Sasquatch. And he's like, oh shit, I got to get them a dog. Maybe they're up the, near the Nahani Valley and this particular family ate these eight people normally. Hmm. But when he brought it back and opened up the bag and it's alive and the kids are like, oh, we got a pet. And they're and, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A pet. A pet. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And most of us, unless we're on a farm, don't kill our pets. Yeah. Well, some there's a lot of weird sacrifice that goes on in the world that, you know, flies below the radar. But whatever. Man. Outside of that. I, I was mean, thinking of tr when uh, that one guy had to kill Church the Cat. Church the Cat. A story that we're all familiar with, yes. Some people might be. Do you okay. are you guys familiar with that time? You guys remember that time when that guy killed Church the Cat? And he, and then he killed him again. Actually, Church the Cat got hit by a car, but then I'm not sure where this is going. It's Pet Cemetery. Okay. Oh yeah. See, I never saw Pet Cemetery. The movie was okay. I was mean, the new one any good? Uh, Did you watch the new one? Yeah, it was. It was fine. The, I mean, I read the book, and the books terrified me. I bet. Yeah, it's a pet cemetery. <laughs> so, but yeah, that one, church, the cat's name was Church, which I always thought was an, an amazing cat's name. Yeah. I don't know why. And I got, because uh, you're really a big fan of the gospel. But I. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, I got a, that's a, one I got to add to my list. Int we're okay. You're the one that kind of like pulled all this stuff together for the Albert Osman story. If we can return to that before we close out. What do you think about this story? Because you're actually like one of the few things that you do actually believe is a possibility in this world is Bigfoot. Has, yes. It's giants as well. We can touch on that more later. But I believe, and I kind of believe along the lines of Albert Osman, where he's like, yeah, there might have been thousands of years ago, but maybe mm -hmm. not now. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, Got choked up. Yeah, I did. Albert's my boy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, this one's pour some out for Albert. <laughs> um, but like, it makes sense to me that there was a relative of modern humans mm -hmm. or an offshoot or a different variation of whatever we are. Descendants of Cain. No, <laughs> I mean, whatever. I, I feel like I, and that's a fun theory, but I've never looked into it at all, but I feel like I've heard that at some I've point where people it. are like, they're descendants of the whole Cain and Abel nonsense. But I mean, who knows? That's the thing. Who, yeah, who it's knows? fun. To, isn't it fun to speculate sometimes though? Like if sometimes things, if things kind of like tie together a little bit, you're like, oh, what if though? You know, I mean, you hear the weird theories I come up with where I tie different things together. Never. No, they're all fully based in logic and science. I would like to believe that something like this existed and I would love to believe it still does. It still does and is not stuck in some small area suffering because we've taken so much of its habitat. Wow. But also the realistic thing is that's what us humans do. So it's hard for me mm. to imagine one being around now. But if one was around, they could be in Alaska. I and mean, they we're could always be in... finding new things, right? Yeah. I'm not very How good. long we've been on this earth, according to science, billions of years or some shit, right? We usually and don't we're find... still finding new things, man. We usually don't, don't find something this big, though. Yeah. It's kind of hard. You feel like it's kind of hard to miss something yeah. this big. I mean, it's not impossible that it that it's happened. I mean, 
there's a I believe that that Tasmanian tiger's out there. Oh know? yeah, there's been pictures and all kinds. But of they're not very good. But they're they're still there's better. There's a than couple the big, that are. They're better than the Bigfoot pictures we normally get. Well, yeah, most everything is. But my thing is like there's throughout the the many years of looking into Bigfoot and reading Sasquatch stories and all that, I've come across a lot of weird information about these things, you know, and like like it needs to Brazil. That was maybe the weirdest information about <laughs> yeah. these things, but the the fact that um, the whole idea of like hiding in plain sight type thing, like these things are a- experts at camouflage. They're experts at blending into their surroundings, right? As most animals in the wild are. Precisely. So what are the odds that even, you know, you and I don't go hiking very often, but we've been in the woods plenty of times in our lives, right? What are the odds that you've passed by something that maybe just looked like a tree stump or something, and then once you leave, it stands up and keeps walking on with its day? Because there was a story I read, like, within the last year, I want to say, where it was just that. Like, this person was hiking, and he noticed this tree stump moving, and then the, the tree stump noticed him, and then, like, went back to being still, but at some point broke character or whatever and moved around a bit. And it wasn't for a while. So the guy was like, holy shit, that's a Bigfoot. Yeah. You know, it's just like kind of blending in. So who's to say that something isn't out there blending in with the surroundings? It's hilarious if you think about it, but. This is, I'm going to use something my, this is going to be kind of funny because this is an old saying from my dad or, and I'll paraphrase it back when I was a kid Mm. and he would take me out hunting and he would, we would talk about it and he would teach me a little and I'd be, I'd ask him like, what about the bears and, and like the, the big scary animals we had to worry about? He's like, are we going to, when are we going to see those? And he's like, they'll see you, but you almost never see them. Yeah. They know you're there. You just exactly. don't know they're there. They're all around you all the time, paying yeah. attention to you because you make them nervous, yeah. but they don't show themselves to you. That's a, uh... so it could be the same. It would it, be the same yeah. if, if Bigfoot existed. Why would it be any different? That's yeah, the I thing. Mean, if this is what happens with all wildlife out there, you're, we're talking about something that's more intelligent than that. Well, yeah. Cause why wouldn't it be the same? If they're built like us, their brain probably works pretty close to how ours work. Mm. And I mean, our brains are pretty crazy. Yeah. So let's have an animal that is adept and used to living out in the wild that thinks pretty much like we do now. Yeah. It's pretty or, wild. Or their brain works like we do. They don't think like we do, but their brain works close to ours. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, I'd be actually interested. If you're in the Facebook group and you're listening to this episode, first of all, what's up? Secondly, what's your favorite Bigfoot story? Because there's been a lot of them. There's been a lot of really good ones. But what's if you are someone that believes that Bigfoot exists, what is the story that convinced you? I want to know that. Somebody make a post about that and talk about it. And I'll, I'll chime in. Uh, cause I have the memory of a goldfish and I can't remember to do things most of the time. This one right here and the two girls that got abducted by Bigfoot. Those are the, the, the ones that sold you the most. They, they have me like open to the possibility. Are you still not convinced on Patty? No. Really? No, I'm not. Did you, I sent you, I sent you a message on, I think Facebook recently where someone pulled the actual film, like the real, real film of it. And like, you see a lot more detail and stuff. Didn't and they stabilize it or something like that? That's been done plenty of times, but there's, yeah, there's people that there's been so much research done on that one video that over the years I went from believing it to being like totally fake to, to believing it again, to totally fake, believe it. Like, and right now I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, it's legit. Here's it's, the one it's thing too about legit, man about that. And I might've mentioned it on the podcast before that mm. makes it seem a little bit more legit was the fact that the hairy uh, boobies. Yeah. No, oh. it was a guy that a scientist that basically studies how humans and other animals walk. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it breaks it way down. It's not just like, oh, yeah, he walks like a lurch or something like yeah. that. It's like, no, this is how not only they move, but the way their body is built, this this is how they the it only cannot way be they, replicated. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's not that simple. Yeah, I know, man. That's that's one of the things. It's like, damn, like we're at the point where it's been analyzed so much now that I have no choice but to be like, all the professionals that watch this thing are saying it's legit, and it's only the people that are like, no, this is fake, or blah, 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 like that are like, oh, you can totally see he's got something in his pocket, and you're like, now to be fair. Some of these professionals that say it's legit, they have to say it le it's legit because they're professionals. Yes. They so, can't be like, it's fake. Yeah. In their realm. I mean, sure. other skeptics might not call them professionals because skeptics oh. are jerks sometimes. No, no, no. I'm not even talking about like in their field. Yeah. I'm talking about like video, people that analyze video, not cryptozoologists, not anything like that, but people that are good at analyzing video. They scale can't determine and all fake. that stuff. They can absolutely determine a fake. I mean, they can't in this case, hmm. it sounds like. And um, I don't know, man. It just goes to show you that just having a pretty good video, yeah. especially for that time period, isn't enough. Yeah. It has to be longer. It has to be... I mean, we need a Follow lot of... Follow it in the woods, damn it. What were yeah. you doing? You need multiple camera angles and a drone nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty much. And it, and it just... It's kind of that thing we talk about. Like, it's a disservice to people that are actually trying to discover these things or like put together actual facts when people just buy costumes and go out in the woods back, like, we're going to make a Bigfoot video. <laughs> I mean, sure. They're it's like stupid, man. It gets so they, annoying and it gets, it gets so annoying to the, the fact that so many people believe it. And there's only like five or six rational people in the comments being like, guys, please, for the love of God, you have to know this is fake. What about, okay, this is not Bigfoot, but it's a similar, like we were talking about that, that flight that disappeared. Yeah. And then all of a sudden people are saying there's a video of it being the Malaysian, yeah. Yeah, being teleported. And then you're uh, like, like aliens. This video is from years earlier, something completely different. And you're like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Why do these why are there people who are these people? Are they a bunch of idiots Dis disinformation, just sitting in, in their their basement, their parents' basement? Or mm. are these actual government people? Yeah, just trying to spread this. Like, so was that Malaysian thing? Did I I'm pretty sure it's fake. But. Yeah, because I even thought that, like, watch, I'm like, there's no way this is just coming out now. Plus, or... there's a there's a Stephen King story that's pretty similar to, has a plane disappearing just like that. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, sometimes sometimes you can see these weird videos or stories hmm. and they're like, I've already read that book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, by this author. And they're like, now they're copying it 30 years later. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy, man. It's, it sucks. It sucks because like I'm skeptical. Yes. But I want to see the stuff that people, you know, wholeheartedly feel mm. they've documented in one way or another. I don't want to see somebody or, playing a prank. Or even not document, like the people that have like genuine stories. Yeah. I want to, I mean. And you hear them tell it like there's like a sincerity there where you're like, I'm not convinced if, that you're just looking at a bear. You even know? if they didn't see what they think they saw. Hmm. They saw something. And in their yeah. mind, whether it's a ghost, or Bigfoot, aliens, whatever, a demon. Fallen angel, demon. Yeah. What they saw is a reality. Yeah. And we can sit here, or I can sit here, and like I said, some of those asshole skeptics that are just assholes. You guys are idiots. Yeah. Um, they. It's still reality. Yeah. You know, we. someone else didn't get to determine your reality. That's true. I mean, how you view things and experience things is a reality you only get 
That is true. And we actually have uh, a couple people locally that we want to get on the show, talk about Bigfoot sightings and whatnot. And there's one uh, friend of ours that we run into whenever we throw away the boxes from my house at the recycling center. He told us about his old boss that had a Bigfoot encounter. And I actually, dude, when I was talking to him last time, he had a pretty wild UFO story of his own. Really? Like, yeah, he just kind of dropped it out of the blue. And and it was like pretty much him being chased down by like him and his friends when they were teenagers or something, like seeing a bright light getting closer and closer and closer and like pretty much going like right over them as they're running down the street. Like it was a pretty wild story. I'm like, damn, dude. And if his boss is listening, we are going to get you on the show. Christian is very slow about reaching out to folks. Weren't you talking about earlier how how slow we both are sometimes because of the schedules? Why are you just going to... Oh, I'm just why, dumping it on why you. Why are you going to shame me like that? It's easier that way. But we are going to have... We want to have you on the show. We want to hear that story. And anyone else that's local that has experiences, if you want to come in studio and talk about them, we would love to talk to you. We have uh, a couple lined up in the near future. It's, again, just kind of working with schedules. We have a very comfy extra chair here. We do. We do. And in the meantime, I think that pretty much wraps it up now. It does for me. It does. It does for me as well. It's almost 11 o'clock and... Bigfoot is real. And Bigfoot is real. And also... Obviously ghosts are real. No. You said it, dude. I said that last week. I've changed my mind. That was multiple weeks ago, and you know it. Also, again, guys, if you enjoy the show, please take the time. It it takes very little effort on your part. We're not asking to buy merch. We're not asking you to do any of that stuff. But if you want to, it's at thefreakydiggy.com. Um, <laughs> but just rate and review the show. We're honestly trying to push this as hard as we can and climb those charts. And it is very difficult. There's a lot of uh, stuff out there. It just made a weird noise in my mouth. I hope you didn't hear it. Well, you will when you, you will when you go back. I, Every one, time you open your mouth, you make a weird, uh, weird noise with your mouth. But that's usually just you explaining something away that makes no sense. Here's something I'd like. I'd like to make a weird noise with my mouth right now and send a quick thank you to those of you guys that have been on Facebook and stuff like that saying super nice things to us lately. Oh, yeah. It's very nice. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. And we have gotten some really nice emails and stuff, too, from listeners that have been enjoying the show. And and that just warms our hearts. That really does. And we maybe don't say it often enough. But if you're in the Facebook group, we've been talking with you guys. We enjoy it. We love hearing your thoughts on the episodes, the, the stories, the suggestions, your own paranormal experiences. It's been a real treat. And if you're not there, you're missing out. You can find it at Freaky Deaky Pod on Facebook. Click on the groups, ask to join. We'll let you in. We're friends. It's fine. And uh, outside of that, at Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram, uh, YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Again, we got some cool stuff coming down the pipe with that. Is it pipe or pike? Co- I can never remember. Coming down the tube. Wow. So much worse. Um, yeah. So if you have a story of your own that, we want, that you would like to hear on a listener story episode, send it into the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. Or hit us up on that TFT voicemail line at 801-997-0051. We hope you guys have a fantastic week ahead. And we'll see you right back here on the Frankity Dinkity. So long. Goodbye.